throughout this service because I might point at you at any time. Because I'm going to tell you something. I honestly believe that if this church gets a hold of what I'm going to preach to you tonight, you will never be the same again. I'm glad three of you agree with that. I said, if you get a hold of what I'm preaching to you tonight, <laughs> I, don't, I don't think we're going to be the same. I know I don't want to be the same. See, when I got in the church, I knew I was a sinner. I started smoking dope when I was 11 years old. I started slinging dope when I was about 12, 13 years old. By the time I was 18, I was feeling like I was 80 and washed up. God got a hold of me and when I, I didn't know Pentecost from cost to penny. I'd never heard anybody speak in tongues except for on the exorcist. I didn't know people talked in tongues. I didn't know anything about anything. All I knew is that this book was real. And that the, the, the people that preached in this book, something happened to them. From the time Jesus was crucified... To the time the Holy Ghost was poured out, something happened to him. Because he was preaching to the same people he had just denied Jesus to, Peter was. And I said, I want what that guy's got. This was my prayer of repentance. Now, I don't suggest anybody else do this, but I didn't know any better. Now, I was raised Catholic. And my family was a good Catholic family. We loved the Lord. They taught me to love the Lord. Taught me a lot of things about God. But I didn't know anything about this. Amen. I'm not taking away from it. That, that's what led me. You, we've got to stop despising what led us to where we're at. We've got to stop taking away from the line that God led us down to get us where we are. Because if we'll do that, then he'll take us farther. Amen. And I went into this pool house, this converted garage that was a pool house where this, I was staying and I, and I got the Bible out. I'd brought this Bible with me. I never read the Bible, but I brought it with me like it was a rabbit's foot, you know, in case I had to, you know, didn't want, nothing bad would happen to me if I was holding the Bible, right? That's not necessarily so. But anyway, I got that Bible out and I, and I said, Lord, I know you're in this book somewhere. I know you're dealing with me. And I know you're in this book somewhere. And I'm going to start looking for you with everything I have within me. And if I can't find you in a reasonable amount of time the way the apostles had you, I'm going to be the worst sinner you ever saw. Because if I'm going to hell, I want them to know I'm a coming. And he led me, line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little and there a little, and led me to a Pentecostal church in Houston, Texas at 2950 Broadway Life Tabernacle. And I was baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of my sins. And about two months later, I was filled with the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues as the Spirit gave me the utterance. And I am telling you, God has led me line upon line. It's not always been good and it's not always been easy. And I have not always been right. But I'm going to tell you what, He has always been faithful to me. Do you have that testimony? I may not have been faithful, but Lord, you've been faithful to me. Amen, amen, amen. I am so thankful that, that your dear pastor invited me to come and preach to you. I have been blessed. I hope that I have not offended anybody. I hope that you have been blessed by what God has given me to preach to you. And I'm telling you, y'all got it, man. I don't want to puff y'all up or 
anything, but you guys are on the right track. I, I think y'all know that, but I'm telling you, God is doing a, a miraculous work. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven is like a householder that draws out of his bag things both new and old. That's the kingdom. He said the kingdom is like that. We cannot let go of our heritage. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good now. <clears throat> there are things that were preached by revelation that we are just now understanding why those foundations were laid. Amen. And they matter. That's how you get the atmosphere like we have right now. It's, it's cultivated. It's not by accident. Amen. So wonderful to hear this great choir sing and to feel the presence of God like we have. Are you thankful for that? Let's give them a good hand. They did awesome, didn't they? All the singers and worshipers. What a wonderful, wonderful time we're having here. For those of you that don't know, my name is Jim Odo, and I'm going to be preaching tonight. Praise God. Praise God. What a wonderful day. What a one. Is it all right if I just enjoy it for a minute? I'm going back to New Orleans tomorrow, and uh, I believe I'm going to bring a little bit of this with me. I'd like to see some of this down there. I want to take a little bit. God has given me an opportunity to get out these next couple of months, and I think that he wanted me just to, to, to pick up a little bit from everywhere I go and bring it back down there. You see, when you think about New Orleans, you think of the devil's city, but I don't. There's a lot of people down there that think that's the devil's city, but Jesus told me it's his. And I think we need to reclaim it. Amen? Amen. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. Amen. I believe that the Holy Ghost is giving us a, a window of opportunity and your pastor prophesied to me in the car. He didn't realize it, but it was a word of prophecy because it had been spoken to me more than once that that we were going to go there and reveal a church. There's already a church there. Blood, sweat, and tears has already been spilt on that. There are many, many revivals and many prayers and many much fasting and much word has been put into the atmosphere of that city. And, and I get to go and take it out of layaway. And I appreciate that opportunity. I'm excited about that. We're getting ready to buy a... In the name of Jesus, I don't want to be prideful, but I'm going to go ahead, Jesus, and say we're going to buy this building. We're going to buy an old cathedral. It's a Catholic cathedral. It's the Our Lady of Lourdes building. It's on Napoleon. It's in the dead middle of uptown. It is a 12,000 square foot facility. You say, Brother Odo, how many people you got in your church? Me and my kids. But you know what? The Lord's put the money in my hand and is putting the money in my hand and he moved on me. to. I know that's not how you start a church. I've started churches before. I know how it's done. But I was standing on the corner of that building, on the street corner in front of that building. And I said, Lord, this is, this is crazy. He said, yeah, isn't it? I think he has an incredible sense of humor. And I said, Lord, do you really want me to build a church here? Because I was getting ready to drop $40,000. And I said, Lord, do you really want me to build a church here? He said, no. I want you to reveal a church that is already here. 
I just need you to stand up. That's all I need you to do. I don't need you to do anything. I don't need you to be any. I need you to just stand up. Stand with me and let me draw my people. Let me have somewhere to draw my people. Amen. Praise God. I am not scared of the devil. I'm scared of me. I'm not worried about the devil coming and tearing anything up. I'm worried about me being stupid. I'm worried about me not believing God when he speaks to me. The devil is not your biggest enemy. It's the one you look at in the mirror every morning that is the biggest enemy. I want to talk to you about that tonight. I want to talk to you about that tonight. I want, to, I want to bring you from Genesis all the way into the New Testament as quickly as possible. Did anybody come to leave? Are you ready to go? Can I just preach for a little while? Can I impart something to you tonight? I know we're online. Hey, folks, out there in Facebook land. He's so good. Brother Harpole is awesome. Tune in next week. I'm going to get a little out there tonight. Amen? Y'all going to come with me? Praise God. Because I believe that God wants to do a miraculous thing in this house tonight. Put my title up, sister. Where are you at? My goodness. There she is. I've been giving her a hard time since the jump. Amen. I want to preach to you tonight the battle for legitimacy. The battle for legitimacy. Will you pray with me? Brother, give me a little bit, little, little background here. Amen. I'm sorry, I'm old school. I will, I put him in my pocket and carry him with me everywhere I went. I love that. Praise God. Some of y'all look like y'all waiting at the dentist's office about to get all your teeth pulled out. Smile for crying out loud. I'm not going to hurt you, I promise. Look like you're meeting a parole board or something. Thank you, Jesus, for this wonderful, wonderful, wonderful day you've given us, Lord. Thank you for this time. Thank you for just being with us tonight. Thank you for the Harpoles. I love them. I pray you put an abundant blessing on them like they have never seen before. I pray you bless this church, Lord, like never before. New life. What a wonderful thing you've done here, God. I pray for each and every person under the sound of my voice. I pray for everybody that's watching online. Lord, I pray you open our hearts. I pray that you would allow us to receive with meekness the engrafted word which is able to save us. I pray that you would anoint me to speak as the oracle of God. For if any man speak, let him speak as the oracle of God. Lord, I pray that you would, you would approve this word with signs and wonders following. Lord, there's people that need healing in this house. I pray they be healed while yet we preach this word, Lord. There's people that need the baptism of the Holy Ghost here tonight. I pray that while I speak these words, you fill them where they're at. I pray that you would make us open enough that whatever you want to do in this house tonight, Jesus, that you are able to do it unimpeded and that you flow through this place throughout this entire message. And that you would manifest yourself in a mighty way. For we are waiting. We're waiting on you, Lord. To make us into your image. In Jesus' name. And everyone said, in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Let's just wait on the Lord for just a minute. Hallelujah, Lord. 
Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah, Lord. Mm. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. trust him more thank you Jesus 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 how I trust him how I prove him oh sing it with me come on Jesus oh for grace to trust him more thank you Jesus Matthew chapter 3 praise God we're going to be reading from the 13th verse, Then cometh Jesus from Galilee to Jordan unto John to be baptized of him. But John forbade him, saying, I have need to be baptized of thee, and comest thou to me? And Jesus answered and said unto him, Suffer it to be so now, for thus it becometh us to fulfill all righteousness. Then he suffered him. And Jesus, when he was baptized, went up straightway out of the water, and lo, the heavens were opened unto him, and he saw the Spirit of God descending like a dove and lighting upon him. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. Praise God. The battle for legitimacy. You see... Every single thing that is recorded in the scripture is recorded on purpose. How it's placed there, where it's placed there. The synoptic gospels are set so that they could lay one upon another and create a panoramic view. Not just from one man's sight, but from three different men's sight. And then John comes along with his gospel and puts the icing on the cake, declaring the mighty God in Christ. You see... All of these things were revealed because there was a foundation laid. Pastor and I were talking about this, you know, a lot of times in in the Western church, and when I say the Western church, there is a difference between American church and other church. There is a difference between, we are, we have, have, have become a consumer focused church and, and, and actually that's not the way we need to be. We need to be a God focused church. We need to stop positioning ourselves for people that don't understand God and simply let the love of God abide with us so that those people can be held where they don't understand until they do understand. What we need to be praying is, God, let there be a presence here in this house Let the voice of God be here in such a way that the same voice that they're hearing 
at their house, on the bar stool, at the ball game, wherever they are, wherever you're dealing with them, let them hear that same voice when they come in here. Because that's what we need. We need to be preparing ourselves for him. And as we move into this great commission that God has given us, we have no doubt that God's able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we might ask or think. Right? But you have to finish the scripture. It says, according to the power that works within us. You've got to read that whole scripture. The limitations on the kingdom of God are not God's. It's getting the believer to understand who we are without getting puffed up. But understanding who we are and what God has called us to do. The life of Christ is the archetype of the life of a believer. That is what we all should ascribe to be. To be like Jesus. That's what, that's what we, but, but we always say things like, well, that was Jesus. Well, listen, the idea of the mighty God in Christ is not just that God was in Christ, but it's also that Christ was the second Adam. The reason that God robed himself in flesh was because Adam had been given authority and he abdicated that position with his disobedience. And so God could swear by no greater, so he swore by himself. He became Emmanuel, God with us. And he walked in flesh and he lived as a man. There were things that he limited himself as a man. He said, it's not for me to know the times of the season that the Father has put in his hands. That's not a separation of persons. That is a limitation on offices. He could not be the second Adam if he came with all knowledge. But he knew the hearts of all men. Why? Because Adam, when he had authority, had the ability to have dominion in the dimension of time and space. That's why when he said, peace be still to the water, the water hurt him. He wasn't doing that as the son of God. He was doing that as Adam. Adam had power. I don't want to get too deep in that because that might mess you up. And I don't have time to explain all of it. But the point is this. When God gave the authority to Adam in the dimension of time and space, he gave him all the authority. That's why when Jesus rose from the grave, he said, all power in heaven and earth is given to me. He wasn't saying that as the son of God. He was saying that as the risen Adam. I have retrieved that which was lost. The Bible says Jesus came to seek and to save that which was lost. Now he came to save those who were lost, but he came to save those who were lost by reobtaining that which was lost. I'm thinking, do I want to jump into this? And I do. Do you know why you're baptized in Jesus' name? Do you know why it's important? It, not just important, but necessary to be baptized in Jesus' name? Because baptism isn't about your sins. When we ask Jesus to forgive us, do you know what happens? 
you get forgiven. The, the Pharisees were shocked when Jesus told the lame man, he said, your sins be forgiven you. They said, who has power on earth to forgive sin? Listen to what Jesus said. He said, know ye not that the Son of Man, not the Son of God, the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins? He said, well, if you don't believe that, rise up and walk. Jesus was in perfect alignment as the second Adam, and that's why he performed miracles. When I am baptized, I'm not baptized for my sins. I, I repent of my sins, and God forgives me. I'm baptized for Adam's sin that is imposed upon me. I was born in sin and shaped in iniquity, David said. I can't repent of Adam's sin. I didn't do it. It was put upon me. I have received tainted blood. It's a sickness that my father caught and gave to me. So the reason we're baptized in the name of Jesus Christ is because Jesus died for our sins. That's why the Bible says repentance and remission of sins would be preached in his name, beginning at Jerusalem. I am buried with Christ. Why am I buried with Christ? Because me, with the nature of Adam, is buried. And when I'm raised up, I'm raised up together with him in newness of life. Now, I'm not taking away from anybody's baptism. If you've been baptized another way, that was a baptism of repentance. And it's a wonderful thing. And no, nothing should be taken from that. But if we're going to be buried with Christ, is this all right? Amen. The Bible says, neither is there salvation in any other. For there's no other name under heaven among men, given among men whereby we must be saved. Why is that? Because Jesus brings legitimacy to me through his life. The Bible says by one man we're all made sinners, but now are all made righteous by one man. How is that? How do I get into that? Well, I get into it just how Jesus got into it. Why did Jesus say, let it be so to fulfill all righteousness? What does that mean? He was laying the groundwork. People say it doesn't even matter if you're baptized anymore. Really? Well, well Jesus did it. Why did Jesus do it? See, all the components are here. He came to John. John was preaching what? Repentance. Did Jesus have anything to repent of? No. But he came and submitted to John. Why? To fulfill all righteousness. Then he was baptized. Why? Because he's laying the groundwork for what every believer should do. Listen, if the church would stop telling people what they don't have to do, and start getting them to do what the Bible says to do. Oh, don't shout me down now. Oh, you don't have to do all that. Well, I'm going to tell you something. I figure if Jesus needed to do it, I well, people say, well, Jesus didn't need to be crucified. Oh, yes, yes, we do need to be crucified. Paul said, I die daily. Jesus said, if you're going to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. I think this morning... The message that I preached this morning and the response to the message I preached this morning let us all know clearly that we all have a crucifixion coming. We just have to respond to it properly. See, some of you have been crucified. You just hadn't been resurrected yet. 
You done crawled off in the tomb and don't want to get out. Is this okay? Y'all still love me? Amen. Like an ugly puppy. So Jesus comes out of the water and the heavens are opening. And then what happens? Well, the spirit descends. The spirit descends. And and then what happens? There's a, a voice. Isn't that weird that when the spirit descended, there was a voice. There was a, an utterance. There was a, a, a mm, sounds familiar, doesn't it? Sounds kind of like Acts chapter two, doesn't it? Repent. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. And, and the Bible says they spoke with other tongues. There was a, a declaration, the Bible says, and there were dwelling at Jerusalem Jews, devout men out of every nation under heaven. And when this was noised abroad, they said one to another, Are not all these which speak Galileans? And how hear we every man in our own tongue wherein we were born? Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers of Mesopotamia mentions all of the countries of the world. And they said, we do hear them speak in our own tongue the wonderful works of God. The declaration of heaven. The declaration of heaven. So when Jesus came out of the water, there was a manifestation and a declaration. Sounds familiar, doesn't it? Amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. So what does he say? This is my son in whom I'm well pleased. Do you know what the Bible says the baptism of the Holy Ghost is? It says it is the seal. It is the spirit of adoption whereby we cry, Abba, Father. So a declaration is made. And when you were born again, or if you are to be born again, there will be a declaration made. But let's follow Jesus as he's led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And the Bible says that he went straight way up and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. And then the devil came. The tempter came. And what did he do? Remember, Jesus is winning where Adam had lost. Jesus has come to reclaim what Adam has left off. What did Adam lose? What did Adam leave off on? We'll get to that in a minute. But Jesus goes into the wilderness and the very first thing that comes to him is this. And then was Jesus led of the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights... He was afterward a hungered. I, I think he was hungry on the third day. I just don't think he wasn't hungry that whole time. I'd have been hungry the first 30 minutes. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If thou be the Son of God. Listen to me. The reason you need to be in this house among these believers is because the minute you get into your wilderness, the minute you get alone, the first thing that the devil's going to do is cause you to doubt what was declared over you in the water. When you're alone, the only voice in your head is your own. 
We need one another. We need the affirmation. We need to be around our brothers and sisters. Why? Because it brings us affirmation. It helps us understand that we're part of the family. That's why the devil wants to come and isolate you. Those people don't love you. They don't care about you. Why, why, why are, you, are you even a son of God? And so when we get in that mode, the first thing we do is start trying to live this thing on our own. We start trying to take the things that God has provided for us and we start mishandling them. And so, he says, if you be the son of God, turn these stones to bread. Well, you're hungry, aren't you? God doesn't want you to die out here. If you're his son, surely he's going to feed you, right? But look at what Jesus says. He says, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. This is the first temptation. The first temptation when you are doubting your sonship is self-provision. You think you can do it on your own. But let me tell you something. I don't care how full of the Holy Ghost you are. God wants you in alignment with his overall purpose. Not This is not a magic show. Jesus' response was this. I will not take the power of God and provide my immediate need and circumvent the purpose of God. You follow me? So he takes him into a high point of the temple. He says, if thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest thou dash thy foot against the stone. See, the next place that the enemy wants to take you is self-protection. Some of us pray so hard, but we're praying like Job prayed. We're praying out of fear. We're praying to protect ourselves. We're praying, and, 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 and it's rightly so. I pray for my children every night. I pray for my kids every night. I pray for the people I love. God, keep your hand upon them. Protect them mentally, spiritually, physically, and emotionally. Let your anointing rest upon them in Jesus' name. I pray that over my, I prayed that over my family every day. But you see, I can't pray that out of fear. I can't try to use this. You know, people will say things like, well, you go to church all the time. Why bad stuff happen to you? Because it rains on the just and the unjust. The Bible says the kingdom of heaven was like a man that built his house on sand and, and the winds came and it knocked his house down. The other man built his house on the rock. The same storm came. But the difference was what he was built on. I can't use the word to protect myself. That's manipulation. And there are angels. They are real. And they will help you. And they will bear you up. When you're in line with God's purpose and plan, I'm telling you, I know, I've seen them. They follow me. They're here with me right now. Praise God. They will bear you up lest you dash your foot against a stone. If you're in alignment with God's purpose and plan. And then finally, he takes him up into a high mountain. He shows him all the kingdoms of the world. And look at what he says. He says, all these are in my power 
Really? People say that's not true. Yes, that is exactly true. The Bible says you cannot bind, you cannot plunder a strong man's house unless you first bind the strong man. The strong man was Adam. And through his trickery, he bound him and the enemy usurped that authority. The forces of darkness took over. The Bible calls him the prince of this world. The prince and the power of the air. That's real. That's legitimate. If you don't believe it, come see me. I'll show you where he lives. And he said, all of these kingdoms are mine to give to you. If you will bow down and worship me. Now that's not, that's kind of a wooden translation. What that, the, the, the literal, the, 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 the literal translation of that is step aside. He didn't want Jesus to bow down and worship him. He wanted him to just, just sidestep it. Take a shortcut. There are no shortcuts in the kingdom of God. God spent 4,000 years laying the groundwork meticulously through his word so that there would be a true witness of the fulfillment of scripture. And listen to me, your life is not an accident. Your life is not haphazard. You are not waking up in a new world every day. God called you on purpose with purpose. You are a child of God. You were planned. He said, I knew you before I formed you in your mother's womb. There are no illegitimate children in the kingdom of God. There are no stepchildren in the kingdom of God. We are all adopted in by his blood and by his spirit. You might feel insignificant, but what I want to do tonight is get you out of your feelings. This generation is, is consumed with feelings. Sensual. The Bible says it's sensual, it's earthly, and it's devilish. Why is that? Because that's the realm that the devil operates in, in manipulation. I'm going to get down here with you. Cameraman, you're going to have to follow me. I've been trying to stay up there so I can stay on film, but I guess y'all film it when you're walking too, don't you? I got to get out amongst my peoples. That's all right. I'm not going to get you. But when we're in our feelings, that's when we are most likely to fail. You say, you know that Pentecost, that's just a bunch of emotion. No, it's not. It's manifestation. Do you know why we talk in tongues? The Bible says, from, the Bible says that, 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 that from the heart, the mouth confesses. When my heart gets full of God, he just says, move over. Give me your tongue. Why is he doing that? Because that's what prayer is. You know, prayer isn't giving God a laundry list. The Bible says he knows what we have need of before we pray. Why do we pray? I'll tell you why. Because we're God's partners in the earth. We are his partner in the dimension of time and space. Your prayer time is a time to align with God. And when you align with God, you begin to release into the dimension of time and space what God has already planned in the heavens. He said, I will speak from the heavens above and to the earth beneath. Praise God. How does he do that? He declares it through his church, through his, through his children, through his imagers in this earth. So Christ is standing here and he's being tempted of all of the kingdoms of the world.
Why? Because he's worth all the kingdoms of the world. Remember this. You are tempted in direct proportion to the level of your worth to the kingdom. If you sell out for an illustrious affair, or you sell out as Esau did for a bowl of porridge, you've just set your price. You're the one that will set your price on your value to the kingdom. Will you sell out cheap? Or will you do like Jesus did and say, get, be, get behind me, Satan. Get behind me, Satan. You see, this battle is a battle that has started in the very beginning. And I, and I know it's quiet here, but I think it's quiet here because you're listening. Is that right? I think you really want, I think you want somebody to give you a key. Well, I'm going to give you a key tonight. Listen to it. Don't let it back you up. Listen to what I'm saying to you. Sin does not keep you from God. Shame keeps you from God. And sin brings shame. Adam had sinned when his wife was tempted. And how was she tempted? She was tempted because of an adjustment to the commandment of God that was made by Adam. God told Adam, don't eat of the tree. And Adam, with his desire towards his wife and loving his wife so much, he said, don't eat it and don't even look at it. Well, let me tell you something. When you add to the scripture, you open a door. Say, you know, you're, you guys, y'all are hung up on the name and you're hung up on this. I'll tell you why. Because Jesus said not one jot or one tittle will pass away until all be fulfilled. Not one punctuation will be overlooked because everything is placed in this word for a reason. Because I'm going to tell you something, folks. If the earth was any closer to the sun, we'd burn up. And if it was any farther away. The alignment of the DNA in your body, you change one aspect of it and you're a completely different creature. This world is very meticulous. It's not haphazard. Everything is very particular. That's what grace is for. Grace enables me to live in a very particular world, leaning on a very particular God that has already overcome this world. And I trust Him. But I have to know who He is and I have to know who I am in him. And so Eve is tempted and this is how she's tempted. She's tempted with the same temptation that Christ was tempted with. Did, did God really say that? He never comes directly. It's always with that shade of a doubt. And see... The reason that many of you are not teaching the Bible studies that you want to do and winning the souls you want to win or, or taking on that new task at work or anything, it's because the devil just comes and says, you really think we want to do that? You really think you, you think you could do that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't get those people out of your life. I'm not talking about just haphazardly run through life, but people that are always pulling you down and making you doubt who you are in God. 
God wants good for you. He wants to bless you. He wants you to elevate. He wants you to move forward. He doesn't want you pulled back by doubt and fear and unbelief. Let me tell you something, folks. Oh, oh, Karen over there in the corner that's all, oh, Jesus, I don't know. She's going to hell. You know that, right? I got Bible for that. The Bible says the fearful and the unbelieving shall not enter in. That's no joke. Do you know what you do when you stifle your productivity in the kingdom of God through fear? You're telling Jesus he's a liar. <laughs> you didn't think that was going to hit you in the head like that, did you? The fearful and the unbelieving shall not enter in. See, this is the deal. That's how the devil has fought from the beginning. Adam walked with God every day in naked perfection. There was no shame. There was no intimidation. There was nothing holding him back from talking to the almighty God of heaven. And then when that sin entered in, he thought, surely he won't receive me anymore. And God, knowing Adam had sinned, knowing that Adam, I'm telling you, I, I, I hear you, sir. This preacher's telling lies. No, I'm not. I'm telling the truth you don't want to admit. Because your sin has been your excuse. And I'm kicking your crutch out from under you tonight because God wants to use you. God wants you to get a revelation of the love that he has for you. And he wants you to understand that he is more powerful than you. God knew Adam had sinned. He knew he had failed. He knew he was tainted. And he came just like he had every other day. God is not shaken up by your failures. His love can cover you. His heart is bigger than your failure. Hallelujah. And he came in and he said, Adam, where are you? Do you really think God didn't know where Adam was? God, God knew where Adam was. He wanted Adam to know where Adam was. Adam, where are you? Well, I hid myself because I was naked. Who, who told you you were naked? Who else? Whose voice is stronger than mine? See, that's what it's about. Whose voice is stronger? See, some of you, let me tell you something about, about the devil. First of all, he's taking credit for a bunch of stuff that he didn't even do. Angels are not omnipresent and they are not omniscient. They aren't everywhere and they don't know everything. Some of you give so much information to the devil he doesn't even have to beat you. All he's got to do is just wind you up and watch you go. Oh, you just walk around beating the fire out of yourself all day long. He doesn't know all this stuff you think he knows. We just give him all the credit. And Adam is there. Separated from God. Hiding from the only one that can help him. 
And it's right down the line, folks. It's the same thing every time. It's the same thing every time. Fear is what caused the Tower of Babel. God actually said, I will not deal with the nations anymore because of this. They were so afraid after the flood that they tried to build a tower and God spread them over the whole world. Moses was reluctant because of fear and his own limitation. Every single person in the Bible, God had to get over their insecurities to use them. Gideon, everybody, every single one of them except for Samson and look how that turned out. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to get too prideful. But even at the end, Samson missed it. Because he said, Lord, if you'll, re- if you'll give me strength just one more time. See, see, this is the deal. And this is what breaks my heart so bad about the people of God. I do it too. I'm not acting like I don't do it. I did it for years. He said, Lord, if you'll just give me my sight just, just one more time. And he pushed those pillars down and he died. You know what? God could have healed his eyes. And he could have led Israel for years in humility. But he felt like dying was the best answer. And I know it's a type and all that. But he missed out on understanding who God is. And you go right down the line. All the way through the children of Israel going into the promised land. He said, they said, there's giants over there. Well, everybody knew there was giants over there. No, but they're real giants. They're big giants. And we're, we're like grasshoppers. It says that they were like grasshoppers in their own sight. So you know what? They died. There's your proof text. The fearful and the unbelieving will not enter in. How many of you want to die? Not me. I want to walk in because this is a deal. This ain't no game. This isn't a joke. This isn't a club. We're not in here begging on our Bibles and bragging about Jesus and doing what all the world thinks we're doing. There's some legitimate spiritual stuff going on in here. There's lives. How many of you were legitimately touched this morning and God legitimately did something? Where's my sister that got healed? Where's she at? Back lady. Where you at? Right here. Did God, you still healed? Stand up. Do something you couldn't do before. Flap your wings. Look at her. Is that, did that really happen? Did, did it really happen? Are you imagining that? Was that like... It, it's real. I mean, come on now. Is, 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 this, is this real or is it not? Well, I'm going to tell you something. The devil has got a tool and we need to take it from him. Because as you go down the line, you see every single time, every single time, it was always self-doubt, self-doubt, self-doubt. Why? So why did God do this the way he did it? Why did he come out and, and have this big declaration? I'll tell you why. Because every single person on the face of the earth battles the same thing. Say, like, man, you're wound up about it. Yes. I am, because the minute you get a hold of it, this city will be set on fire. There will be nothing that will be held from you. Praise God. But let me tell you how you do it. You want to know how to do it? So Jesus comes out of the wilderness. See, you got to come out of the wilderness. 
You've got to come out of isolation. You've got to open yourself up. You know what Jesus did? He went to church. He went home to Nazareth. And he went to church as his custom was. And he went into that church, the Bible says, and he asked for the scroll of Isaiah. So you know what that means? It says as his custom was. So what that means is not only did he go, but he was involved. Don't shout me down because I'm preaching real good now. He didn't just come and punch a ticket and go out. He got involved. He found his place. He found where he fit. He found what he could do. And he rolled out that scroll. Now they didn't have numbers like we did. So he's rolling. And he's rolling, and he's scrolling, and he says, oh, here I am. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he hath anointed me to preach glad tidings to the poor, to preach the opening of the eyes to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach the acceptable year of the Lord. And he closed the book, and he said, today is this scripture fulfilled in your hearing. You know what he did? He went and he found himself in the book. And that's what you've got to do. You've got to find yourself in this book. You've got to realize it doesn't matter where you came from. It doesn't matter who your mama was or who your daddy was. You're in this book. Come on, somebody. Because I'm going to tell you something. You ain't got any worse lineage. Come on, stand with me. You don't have any worse a lineage than Jesus Christ. Oh, there was good kings and there was bad kings. Come on, somebody, help me now. Walk with me, don't be afraid. (laughs) There were good kings and there were bad kings. There were prostitutes. There were liars. There was adulterers. There were murderers. And it all led to Jesus. You don't believe it? David was a premeditated murderer and adulterer. Premeditated murderer. I thought y'all read the Bible. (laughs) He set that boy up, slept with his wife, and set up that man, sent the message, gave him his own death warrant. That's some low down, low down. That's the dirty low down. But you know what? When you puff yourself up so high, you think you can get away with murder, but you can't. But you know what? It didn't keep God from using him. And Uzziah's name was forever settled in the lineage of Christ. Amen? I don't, did that mess y'all up? Because I'm going to tell you something. There's some low-down, dirty dirties up in here too. You heard me? But you know what? It doesn't matter where you came from. Judah slept with his daughter-in-law who was posing as a prostitute. You need to read this book sometime. It's, It's worse than a Harlequin romance. I'm telling you, there's some stuff up in here. You can't read it in, in, in mixed company. But you know what? It doesn't matter where they came from. 
It all led to Jesus. See, it doesn't matter where you came from. What matters is when you get to Him. What are you going to do when you get to Him? That's what I want to know. See, some of you right now, you're letting things that have nothing to do with nothing. Do you know why the Shema is so powerful? Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one, and Him shall you serve with all. Everybody say all. Your heart. All of your heart. All of your soul. All of your strength. You know why? Because all of your heart ain't good. And you got to submit that to the Lord. you got to put that under Him. Because see, there's things that you've done that hold you back. But you don't only know what you did. You know what you thought about doing but couldn't do because you just couldn't get there. See, you don't only know how stanky you are because of what you did. You stanky because of stuff you thought that just couldn't get to going to do it. <laughs> Is it true or is it true? You know you stanky up here in your head. You know that. That's why the Bible wants you to know. That's why the word of God wants you to know that the word of God is quick. It's alive. It's power. Where you at, brother? Come on, help me now. You, did you come to play or did you? Don't worry about overriding me. Come on, I'll, I'll walk the back of these pews if you get me right. I'm telling you, come on now. See, he don't know where I'm from, brother Harpo. <laughs> hallelujah so the word of God is quick it's powerful sharper than any two edged sword piercing even to the dividing asunder you know what that means that means the cutting away to death of the soul and the spirit it gets down into your soul into your spirit hallelujah and the joints and the marrow see God's going to work out some things out of your soul. He's going to work some things out of your spirit. But he's also going to work some things out of your life. Out of your flesh. He's going to put some guidelines down so you know how to walk uprightly. But this is the key, my friend. He's a discerner of the thoughts and the intents or the intentions of the heart. For all things are open and naked wait a minute you mean the word can bring me back to the place where I am naked before God and not ashamed listen to me my friend when Jesus was stripped and hung on that cross and stretched out he didn't have a little loin cloth he was naked he was shamed he bore your shame he bore my shame. I don't have to be ashamed anymore because my Lord and my Savior took all my shame. He took all my shame. It is holiness and his righteousness in his perfection took my beating took my crown of thorns took my nails in his hands and in his feet yeah it was hung between heaven and earth for what is man that thou art mindful of him or the son of man that thou visitest him you made him a little lower than the angels but you set him over the works of your hand he retrieved that brother when he hung between heaven and earth hey and we're here tonight standing on the precipice 
of the end times standing here staring at a lost and dying world we don't think they're lost anymore but I'm going to tell you this my friend Jesus said it except a man be born again of the water and the spirit he cannot enter the kingdom of heaven oh hallelujah see we don't want to hurt nobody's feelings I don't want to hurt nobody's feelings but my friend I'm going to tell you something if I'm dying and it hurts me for you to give it to me hurt me baby hurt me tell me you got somebody in your life right now God's been urging you urging you to go and talk to them about the Lord and you worried about what they think go on honey go on and hurt their feelings go on and risk them pushing you away because I'm going to tell you something we're all going to stand before the judgment seat of Christ and I want to be free of the blood of all men hey come on hallelujah now I want to know am I preaching to anybody tonight am I preaching to anybody in this house tonight praise God first of all if you're in this building and you've never received the baptism of the Holy Ghost speaking with other tongues I'm telling you tonight's your night you come down to this front when we come down here and I will pray for you one of these brethren or sisters will pray for you and God's going to fill you just like he did in the book of Acts exactly the same If you're here tonight and you've never been baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of your sins, I'm telling you, the water's ready and we'll put you down in Jesus' name. And you'll stand before God as Adam before the fall. But I'm going to tell you who we're really preaching to tonight. If you're here tonight and you've been holding yourself back because of your own limitations, I want you to know you're not greater than God, my friend. There's nothing you can do so good that you don't need him. And there's nothing you can do so bad that the blood won't cover it. Hallelujah. But he can't do one thing until you let him. He can't do one thing until you let him. You see, the Bible says this, I would have it. That men would lift up holy hands unto God without wrath and without doubting. You know why it says without wrath and without doubting? Because those are the two main things that a man fights with. Self-doubt and anger. Do you know why men fight anger, Pastor? Deep-seated anger is a result of an underlying feeling of being a constant disappointment. It's kind of a surrender. It's kind of a, I don't even care anymore. And you throw your hands up because you've always got this simmering feeling of never quite satisfying everybody in your world. And it breeds bitter. See, because anger is a, God put anger in us. It's a mechanism. It is a response to a violated boundary. Whether that boundary is real or whether that boundary is imagined. And when you constantly feel like you're a disappointment, it just creates a seething rage. Man, I'll tell you what, you drive down the road and you can just see people. They're just waiting. Don't you? They're driving down the road like this. What are you looking at? 
Insanity in the flesh. That's what I'm looking at, man. You need to chill. But you know what? When you get in alignment with God, you lift your hands without wrath and without doubting. You know why? Because my confidence is in Christ. And He has called me His Son. And I'm not going to doubt in the wilderness what He has spoken over me in the water. But check this out. It also says, in like manner. The same way that men should avoid anger and self-doubt, women shouldn't be so hung up on how they look. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't take care of ourselves, ladies. But if you're worried about shouting because you're going to shout your hair down, shout your hair down, sugar. It's all right. You can fix that dude back up in the bathroom when church is done for you. Get to Shoney's. You'll be all right. But you say, I don't know, you know, I just, I don't know. <laughs> Come on, somebody. It's high time that we get a hold of God and get our identity in Christ and stop worrying about what this world thinks about us. This world is not my home. I'm just passing through. Come on, somebody. Come on. Get on them organs. Get on them. We're getting ready to shout up in this place. Hey. I don't know what you came to do. But I came to praise the Lord. <laughs> I'm going to praise him with my life. I'm not just going to praise him with a shout. I'm going to praise him with confidence. And I'm going to understand that he has made me legitimate. Let me tell you what, understand. Let me Listen to me, folks. Don't let anybody cheapen your walk with God and your obedience to Scripture. In this book, it tells you how to be born again. And when people tell you what you don't have to, oh, you don't have to do all that. I'm going to tell you something. Run. I don't care if I don't have to do it. I'm going to do it because it's in the book. I'm going to do what the Bible says to do. Why? Because it gives me confidence. You say, well, we're, we're not saved by works. We're saved by grace. Actually, the Bible says we're saved by grace through faith. And faith without works is... Come on, somebody. Say, all you got to do is believe. Well, who's doing the believing? Believe is a verb. Who, who's believing? You're believing. Well, that's a work. So I just, I'm just, I'm just going to do... I'm not going to do anything. I'm just... You believe? I, I can't. I'm saved by grace. Now you've got to step into it. And when, you're, when you step into it, that's when it comes on you. So when we're baptized, let me tell you what really happens when we're baptized in Jesus' name. This is according to the original text, the original transliteration. Literally, what's happening is a declaration is being made before the celestial host, before all of heaven and all of earth. And Jesus looks down and says, that one's mine. Just like when he went down in the water, the word of God came out of heaven and said, this is my son. I've got the family name on me. When I go down in that name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That's the declaration we're going to make. And let me tell you something else. When it says where two or three are gathered together in my name. 
at touching anything, I will be in the midst of them. You know what that word, the, the transliteration of that word is? It's a shaft of light that goes up into the heavens and says that territory is mine. Come on now. People say, God ain't worried about buildings. No, he's worried about the earth. He's going to reclaim this earth. Not like, not like the name it and claim it, people say. But he's getting his positioning. He's got this church, this property right here. What y'all are doing. Building this building. Doing what you're doing. Let's get as many people on this property as we can. Declaring the name of Jesus. And send a light up into heaven. And let the, the heavenly host know. This part of Terre Haute belongs to God. This is a place where people can come and be saved. And be sanctified and be filled with the Holy Ghost. Hey, come on, get out of where you are. Come down here and praise the Lord with me. Hey, grab somebody by the hand and bring them to this altar tonight. We're going to have a little victory shout down up here. Don't let these young people take it, old people. Come on. Come on, come on. When I think of his goodness and what he's done for me, when I think of his goodness, I want to shout, 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 shout all night. I need some singers up here. Hallelujah. Come on, girl, you can sing. Listen to me. People say, ah, oh, I'm not going to dance. I'm not going to dance in my flesh. <laughs> I ain't never seen nobody dance in their spirit. Your spirit's invisible. Your body's the only thing you got to dance with. You got to be deliberate with your worship. Some of you need to shake off those death clothes. Some of you need to come out of that death chamber. You need to shake off those grave clothes. Because God's got something for you tonight. But what I want to know right now, is there anybody in this building? You got pain in your body? Y'all keep coming. Keep coming with me. Hallelujah. You got pain in your body right now somewhere. In your, come on down, brother. Say, oh, he's old. He's supposed to have pain in his body. No, he's not. That ain't no fair, is it? Where you hurt? Back, legs, arm. Lift your hands to God right now. Lord, in the name of Jesus. I command this man's hand. 
understand something. Jesus don't need no props. Did you have pain when you walked up here? Yes. Yes. Is the pain gone? Yes. Amen. Let's give the Lord praise. Now hold on. But you say what's not straight. How old are you, brother? 77. Let me see your other hand that's well. Turn it over. Looks a whole lot like that one, don't it? <laughs> you work that dude out, and you're going to be working just fine. The pain is gone, and that is the sign that God has healed you. Amen. You believe that? Amen. In Jesus' name. Next time I come, that hand's going to look just like the other. In Jesus' name. I thank you, Lord, for your healing power. I thank you, Lord, for the faith of my brother. In Jesus' name. I want to know, is there anybody else here? What you need? Come on, don't leave yet, brother. I need you to pray with us. Come over here. Is it hurting right now? Yes. It is? You ready to be delivered of it? Brother, come help me pray. Come on, brother. Lift your hands. Where's my sister that got? Come up here, hon. Come on. Look, look here. Look at me. Hold on a minute. Let me, let me, let me tell my sister something here. Hey, stop holding back. God didn't heal you so you could watch other people get healed. He healed you so you could lay hands on the sick. This isn't just for preachers. It's not just for preachers. Lord, in the name of Jesus the top of her head to the sole of her feet be loosed in Jesus name be loosed in Jesus name 
somebody help me praise him help me praise him <laughs> I think it's working I think it's working hallelujah hold on a second sister step back step back bend over and touch your knees touch your knees touch your feet if you can do what you couldn't do before is it gone hey look at me he don't need no help if it's still there it's still there where's it at is it any less okay so that's like looking at the sky and saying look how dark it is no there's stars there when you got up here it was completely pain right now let's pray and it'll go away he's already do you oh wait a minute now see you didn't come up here expecting to be healed you came up here hoping you'd get healed oh come on listen slow down a minute slow down. i gotta tell you something listen to me this ain't a magic show it's not a oh i believe i believe i believe a boom no what does the word say about your body it says these signs shall follow them that believe do you believe in my name they shall cast out devils they shall speak with new tongues they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover hey come on hallelujah there you go brother see that's what I'm talking about right there that's what I'm talking about this man's been healed now he's gonna go lay hands on somebody else and they're gonna be healed I'm about to preach up in here come on hey <laughs> come on somebody what y'all doing over here Hallelujah. What's your what's what's her name? What's your name? Heather? What's going on now? Well you move a little bit. How's that? It oh well, well it's gone in my back. <laughs> Amen. Okay. Where where else is it hurting? Okay, can you explain that to me? Well, why are you trying to figure it out, sugar? If you can't explain it, why don't you just let it hit your neck the way it hits your back? I'll tell you why. Because the back hurts, well, the neck hurts worse than the back. And the back ain't no big deal. It's the neck you're worried about. So quit worrying about it and let him heal it. Now I want you to do this right here. Jesus. Jesus. Come on now. Is it leaving? Is it leaving? Why is it leaving now and it wasn't leaving earlier? You know why? Because of my last scripture. For the whole creation groans and travail waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. This is a manifestation. Let me tell you what happened to you today, what happened to you tonight, and what's happening to you right now. The Word was made flesh. 
<laughs> Heather, where's it at? Jesus' name, lift your hands to God, Heather. Step right here so I can reach you without falling off this platform. Lord, in the name of Jesus. All right, we're getting down to it. Come on now. See, the body ain't the problem. It's the brain. Go, let her fall. There you go. Hey, listen to me, church. 85% of your problems are from stress. 85% of your problems or from a misunderstanding of knowing who you are in God. You're bound up, tied up, stressed out, wondering if God, am I going to get this paid? Am I going to do the... Let me tell you something. That fear has torment. And it's binding your body up and it's drawing you up and it's causing death to come to you because that's what fear brings. Stop watching television. Stop listening to the news. Stop feeding your brain on every murder and every rape and every bit of government problem. Let me tell you something, folks. Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my children would fight. You work that out on your own. But I'm going to tell you something. You can't fix the government. So stop worrying about it and go to your knees and do what the Bible called us to do and pray for them that have the rule over you. We're so busy trying to control stuff that we have no control over. That we're ignoring what we do have control over. And what we have control over will change the government. And change our communities. And change our lives. Go and baptize them. Bring them down. Here we go. Come on. Yes. Hallelujah. Jesus name praise God hallelujah hallelujah in Jesus name in Jesus name hallelujah Hallelujah.